Welcome to Rave Dad's Diary, the show that explores the globalization of electronic dance music from the perspective of a rural Alberta boy turned raver. I'm your host and resident rave dad, Paul Brooks. Rave Dad's Diary broadcasts on CJSW 90.9 FM in Calgary at the University of Calgary campus and community radio station located on Treaty 7 land. I acknowledge the traditional territories of the people of the Treaty 7 region in southern Alberta, which includes the Blackfoot Confederacy, the Siksika, the Pagani, and Kaina First Nations, the Sutina First Nation, and the Stony Nakoda. The city of Calgary is also home to Métis Nation of Alberta, Region 3. Welcome to Episode 7. I spent most of my time this week working on a microsite for Rave Dad's Diary, and I'm very excited to share it with you. Head to pbrooks.ca slash ravedadsdiary. That's the letter P... Brooks, like the country singer, dot ca slash rave dad's diary. There you can find all of the episodes, show notes and links, and lots of pictures, some of them too scandalous for social media. Because I've been working on the website, I'm taking it easy this episode. Today we're going to listen to some archival material. Up first is my 2013 feature interview with Grammy Award winner Todd Edwards. Then we'll listen to a live mix and interview with Hyperdub recording artist Iconica, also captured in 2013. Today's show will finish off with a 2014 episode of a radio show I used to host called What Will the Neighbors Think? It features a mix by Sergio SP, celebrating 10 years of Hyperdub Records. You might remember Sergio SP, a.k.a. Mr. Geography, a.k.a. Sandro Petrillo from Episode 4 of Rave Dad's Diary. We nerd out really hard on Hyperdub Records in this episode. Don't miss that. I refer to Calgary's Hi-Fi Club a few times in these recorded segments. Earlier in November 2020, Hi-Fi Club closed its doors permanently. In episode 3, I spoke with Hi-Fi's Pete Ems and Sarmad Rizvi about the origins of the club. If you haven't heard episode 3, you'll want to check that out and get some context about the club's role in Canada's electronic music scene. Remember, head to pbrooks.ca slash ravedadsdiary to listen to past episodes and find photos and supplementary materials from today's show. It's kind of weird listening to old recordings of myself. Part of me wants to travel back in time and punch myself in the head. Anyway, take it away, 2013 Paul. Dance music producers long to be pioneers and innovators. 
some scramble to conceive and lay claim to subgenres and sounds, but only a handful can be credited with generating a movement. Todd Edwards is revered as the architect of UK Garage, and the humble New Jersey native's instantly recognizable sound has remained a guiding force in electronic music for over two decades. In London, Edwards placed his sold-out crowds at massive clubs, and fans lovingly refer to him as the godfather of Garage, or Todd the God. In North America, the EDM explosion, coupled with the revival of UK Garage and keyboard-driven house music, is bringing Edwards into the limelight. I reached Edwards at home in Los Angeles, California. What was it like reconnecting with Daft Punk and collaborating on their latest album, Random Access Memories? It was it was amazing. I mean, uh, having to keep the the secret was both it was it was it was pretty intense because like I couldn't talk about anything and I heard all this amazing music uh, being presented to me and what they were doing and knowing it was a masterpiece and not being able to you know tell anybody about it to, to share you know what was going on and. I've learned so much just from being around them and just, well, you know, seeing them work in the studio and working with them in the studio and, you know, seeing them take a, a process that was almost in, not dead, but just not, not uh, common anymore, just dealing with, like, you know, analog mixing, uh, dealing with uh, recording on reel-to-reel tapes. And, you know, it's just going back to a, an art form that people don't use anymore because it's so much easier to do digital. It's really exciting. And... uh you know, again, to hear the the album evolve and the, the tracks to get finished and hearing how they, you know, they were great as instrumentals and all of a sudden there were songs written over them and it was just elevated it even more to, uh, you know, pop level. It was exciting. And then, again, they're so, they have such a great way uh, and, and it's, it's so dramatic the way they're able to market themselves and to, you know, do this slow reveal and just, like, get people buzzing, you know, little by little about... uh you know, hinting at what's going on, but no one really knowing exactly what's happening, you know, like 30 second ads on TV. And then all of a sudden it builds, you know, a little bit more, a little bit more, and then bam, they, they get hit with it. And it was, it was really the, the, the crescendo up to the release was really exciting. Rewind to Daft Punk discovery. That was the first time you collaborated with Daft Punk, right? Yes, it was. Yeah. They, they had um, come to New York uh, before homework was even made. And they talked about potentially collaborating. Uh, we met with them in New York, and we had a nice conversation. But once they went back, you know, homework dropped, and we had not heard from them. Uh, and then, you know, once all of a sudden we got a, a call, I get, you know, that uh, they were working on their second album, and, you know, the idea of collaborating came into play again. So they came to my studio, and we, you know, you know, I was big with sampling, obviously, so I had sampled up, like, 75 to 80 samples, and... And they came in and sampled up 75 to 80 samples, and I laid them out on the keys, and we kind of pitched them to the right, you know, to a, you know, an even pitch amongst the samples. And I started playing some stuff, and then Tomas, Tomas uh, took over, and he was playing a lot of it. And me and Gimon were kind of just like uh, listening and, you know, hearing what was going on. And the track was developed in my studio. They flew me out to Paris, and we literally the first time we went there, we didn't really do anything. We just kind of hung out and they took me around and put me in this amazing like hotel, uh, the Tim hotel, which overlooked all of Paris. It really treated me like family and, you know, and to me it was felt like royalty because it was just amazing to, to, you know, 
first time experience actually leaving the country. You know what I mean? Uh, I never, I never went anywhere outside of uh, the States before. And, uh, uh, about six months later, they flew me back out there to finish the project because we were, you know, they, we wanted to rest, they wanted to rest on it. And, uh, originally when after the first trip, they'd said that, uh, you know, Tomas was like, you know, I noticed you kind of held back in the studio. And I was like, well, you know, I'm not like the most aggressive person, you know, like, or, you know, it's kind of like I'm not the alpha in the, <laughs> in the studio. So I decided on the way to Paris the second time to write the song face to face, you know, to, to give more of a contribution. And then I gave an example of, you know, what it's supposed to sound like. You like the way I sang it. And so I sang it twice and the, the final product is what you heard. It was just two times and they didn't even auto tune it or anything. It was just my vocals. What's going on? Could this be my understanding? It's not your fault. I was being too demanding. I must admit, it's my pride that made me distant. All because I hope that you'd be someone different. How did you conceive the original Todd Edwards sound? Well, basically, I didn't have a lot of music equipment when I was uh, first starting to make music. I had uh, an, uh, an, an Sonic EPS sampler. Uh, it was used. My my parents saved for my college education. It was like $1,400, which was just it's like they really expected me to go to a good school. Huh? But uh, they ended up, uh, you know, I ended up taking that money and I bought this used in Sonic EPS sampler. So I had that. I purchased the Juno 106. I was working at a music store. I had this uh, little RY, Yamaha RY30 drum machine and a little Kawhi Q80 sequencer. And this is this, you know, pre computers. This is like when computers were just starting to be used to, uh, you know, at least from my knowledge was when they started to be used to sequence music, you know. Uh, there wasn't audio recording, at least not for the con, you know, like you couldn't record audio into computers yet. This is the way beginning, and so it was all MIDI based. Um, but I had, I didn't have a lot to work with, so I had to make up for it by sampling. You know, I didn't have like a lot of access to pianos or organ sounds and whatnot. So the Juno could only do so much. So I would go through records and find sounds that way. You know, and uh, I was very influenced when MK first came on the scene with the way he did his vocal chops. And uh, I always want, you know, I always try to emulate Masters at Work with their drum programming, and I just love their remixes at the time. Like '92 to '94 was like my favorite time for Masters at Work. And I was a Todd Terry fan as well, and he did a lot of sampling. And uh, basically, I would, you know, so I would sample a lot, and then it kind of came together where I was. I also started to branch out, and I stopped listening to dance music, and I was listening to a lot of film scores, and then I, you know, stumbled upon listening to Enya. And I loved the way she used her vocals as instruments almost. It was like the the main lead vocal was almost uh, hidden within the music. And so it had a lot of uh, background, like chorus chords, like if her vo voice just layered. And I was like, now what if I took that and did it rhythmically in dance music? You know, like some vocal cut-ups that make them the main instruments. And so the style kind of became born out of that. Um, like I said, it was just... I just wanted to have something that was my own that was recognizable when you put on a record, but it, it turned out that it had more of an impact than I could have imagined. What are some of the original samples you used when you began producing music? When I first started making dance music, I did nothing but sample from disco and R&B. And 
you know, again, even with, like, I listened to nothing but New York house music for, like, a couple of years. I wasn't a big, rec- like, I didn't go to record stores. I, I really didn't have, it's kind of funny because, like, I had this ability to, to do one thing, but yet certain things I didn't think outside the box. Like, I didn't go to record stores to try to, like, listen to music that was going on in Chicago or, you know, anywhere else. <laughs> you know what I mean? I would just listen to the radio, and there was a lot of house uh, shows in the very early 90s, like uh, Tony Humphreys uh, was playing, John Robinson was uh, playing on the radio. And, you know, so I would record on cassette all these, you know, all these shows, and it was just New York house music. Um, but I got bored with it after a while. It was, it was uh, a lot of it was using the same key, you know, the same chords over and over again. And I decided to, um, even just with sampling, I got sick of, you know, sampling from disco and R&B, and I decided to go back further in time and, and I started checking out stuff from the 60s which was even better because if you were looking to sample vocals there, you know a lot of folk music didn't have very heavy drums so there was less to take out like you know if you're gonna use vocals or something from from an R&B or disco song you'd have to filter out all the drums and with folk music there wasn't a lot of drums so it was, you know, it was almost like you could filter out to make it almost like an acapella um, so I just started you know really I learned more about music by my sampling my record collection and just sampling for music and exploring you know i wanted to bring because my only wisdom and knowledge of dance music was new york house i wanted to be able to i almost felt like like how how presumptuous was it of me but i wanted to kind of educate kids on other chord movements and you know different ideas that you don't hear in dance music usually you know and so if you listen to a lot of my tracks even though it's kind of based on the same kind of cut-up style, I explore different chord progressions that you wouldn't normally hear in dance music. Now, you don't hide the fact that you're a Christian, and if you listen closely to your music, you can definitely hear some Christian undertones and samples from Christian music and gospel music. I'm wondering how your lifestyle of hanging out in the club and making dance music uh, ties into your Christian values christ never hung out with you know all the religious people he was always hanging out with the quote-unquote sinners so um you know i mean i think you know you you want to spread love to the people that need it the most you know and uh you know you're at a club you're at a club to like unwind let off steam and you know just you know you're, you're trying to to be happy right so i think it's the best place to kind of spread that love and, you know, you're not feeling judged, you're not feeling, uh, you know, there's no guilt, it's just enjoying yourself. So, you know, I think that's what I'm trying to get through with the music, that's what I try to do with my performance. And, you know, I don't think that, you know, I mean, despite what most people, you know, put them in a box with, it's not about being judged, it's it's about relationship with God and and love, you know. And I think that for some reason that always gets lost and I think most people associate God with this judgment and, uh, you know, fire and brimstone, and that's not what Jesus stood for. So I'm trying to show what he stands for and how much it's impacted my life, and I try to share those experiences through the music, whether it's in small messages, just saying, like, hey, this worked for me, this could work for you if you need if you need that, you know? And, you know, I think, you know, I think there's a lot of people that are searching and never want to admit to that they need something more than what they have in their own life, you know? And, uh, you know, I know I did. 
I heard a rumor that you hand out cross-shaped glow sticks when you perform. Is that true? Yeah. No, no, they're, they're, they're my, my glow-in-the-dark necklaces that I, I throw out to the audience. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I found, well, let's put it this way. There's a, in Jersey, you know, they have dollar stores just like out everywhere else. It was like Easter time, and uh, they had these, uh, these like, you know, those, it's like the glow sticks, you know, you can crack them, and they, they last for like a few hours, and then they die out. I found these crosses, and I, it was definitely like, you know, related to Easter. And I was like, you know, a dollar for like four or five of them. Like, this is great. You know, you can throw them out at like the crowd. Um, and uh, what happened is the next year, they weren't there anymore at the dollar store. And I'm like, oh, what happened? And I think I know what happened. That They were leaking. I think they were like a faulty model. It's like, yeah, you know, poisoning people while you're, uh, while you're teaching and trying to do something nice. Like, you know. But it was like the, the fluid was leaking out. So I, I went online, checked out, you know, I was looking for these glow-in-the-dark crosses, and I found another brand that was, uh, you know, smaller crosses. They weren't as uh, appealing-looking, you know. But then I stumbled across these light-up cross necklaces that were actually battery-operated, and I'm like, they were nice. Um, so I was like, these things really, they really stand out when you wear them. So... They're kind of they're like dollar a pop, so but I'll like buy them in bulk, like two or three hundred, and that'll last me for a while. And then I'll like you know I wear one every time I DJ, and then I throw them out if they want them. Some people really want them, some people don't, but uh, but yeah, I usually go through like thirty or thirty to fifty per gig, you know. So, which reminds me, I, I'm going to be playing in Canada. I got to like get some more because I'm running low. Todd Edwards spoke to me from his home in Los Angeles, California. Edwards performs in Calgary October 11th at the Hi-Fi Club and in Vancouver on October 12th at the Biltmore. Check out Todd's SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash Todd-Edwards and follow him on Twitter at ToddEdwards3000. The music for this segment is a forthcoming release from Todd titled Javid Khan. For CJSW 90.9 FM in Calgary, I'm Paul Brooks. You're listening to Rave Dad's Diary on 90.9 FM CJSW, and that was my 2013 interview with Todd Edwards. That feature originally aired on a morning show I hosted called Instant Gratification Revoked. That Todd Edwards show was legendary, as was the house party we hosted after the club. I still have a glowing Todd Edwards cross somewhere. Looking back, I had too many commitments on the go in late 2013, early 2014. I was going to university full-time, working for Base Coast Festival remotely, bartending and helping manage Habitat Nightclub, and holding down two two-hour-long weekly radio shows on CJSW 90.9 FM. Let's listen to one of those radio shows now. In 2013, UK producer and DJ Iconica performed live on air, and we chatted about her upcoming tour. I'm grateful to have experienced several of Iconica's sets over the years. She's an incredible musician, performer, and human being. It's bittersweet listening back to this, because she talks about going on tour with Chicago footwork pioneer DJ Rashad, who passed away only a few months after we spoke. 90.9 90.9 FM, CJSW. You're listening to Instant Gratification Revoked. We just heard DJ Rashad, I Don't Give a Fuck, from his new EP. 
I'm hanging out this morning with Iconica, and she's going live in the mix right now. Stick around. 90.9 FM, CJSW.
90.9 FM, CJSW. You're listening to Instant Gratification Revoked, and Iconica is just wrapping up her live set. Catch her tonight at Hi-Fi Club. Amazing live set. Really excited to have a little chat with her, so stick around. 90.9 FM, CJSW. Perhaps you'd like to go check out the show tonight at Hi-Fi Club. I have a couple of pairs of tickets to give away, courtesy of Hi-Fi. So give me a shout in the booth, 403-220-3991. Go check out Iconica tonight. If you dug this set, you're going to really like seeing her live. Congratulations to Nick Gonzalez. He's going to be checking out Iconica tonight. Iconica is hanging out with me in the studio right now. She just played an amazing live set. And she's going to pack up her gear and we're going to have a little chat. In the meantime, let's check out something from Adam Marshall. He has a new album coming out on New Canada. This is a cut called Heavy Metals.
90.9 FM CJSW. You're listening to Instant Gratification Revoked. And joining me in the studio is Iconica. She just played a wonderful live set for you. Hi. Hello. Thank you so much for coming in this morning. You, you said you're all jet-lagged, so that kind of worked to our advantage. Yeah, totally, because it, it would be um, afternoon time back home, and that's when I usually wake up. So <laughs> Perfect. Uh, so you're on a you have a crazy schedule this month. You're you're playing at Hi Fi Club tonight. You're off to Rifflandia in Victoria this weekend. Back to Europe oh, that's tomorrow. Uh, Victoria's tomorrow. Oh, okay, right away, and then to Edmonton. Yeah, something uh, like um, that. Yeah, um, Hamilton. Yeah. Okay. On Saturday. And then you're going back. You said that you're playing uh, your debut live set. Yeah, next week, next next Wednesday in in Holland in okay. Tilburg for a festival. Me and Emika. Nice. Yeah. And then you're traveling back to North America <laughs> for Decibel. That's right. You're playing a hyperdub showcase there. Yeah, there's a few other shows um, together with Code Nine and Rashad. Like we're playing San Francisco and Denver and New York. Amazing. And then you're off to Mutech, Mexico. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> at the end of the month. Wow, that's incredible. Traveling to multiple continents, playing shows, living the life. Uh, you have a new album out on Hyperdub Records, and it's called Aerotropolis. And we listened to a track uh, at the start of the show, and I, I've played a few cuts from it, and I really dig it. Congratulations. Uh, how is the support for your new album coming along? Have you been touring a lot on it? Um, I think this month is, is probably the, the, the time to tour for it. And, um, yeah, I'm just looking forward to playing um, cities I've, I've never been to. This is my second time in Calgary. Yeah. So, yeah. The first time you played in Calgary was January 2011 for <laughs> Snowblower Festival. Very cold. It was minus 40, uh, but your set was incredible. That was such a treat. And then you went on from from Snowblower to play Igloo Fest in Montreal. So you've played a couple of winter festivals, and now you get to come to Canada and experience the summer. Yeah. Which does well, exist. It does. <laughs> um, you have a record label yourself called Hum and Buzz. Mm -hmm. And uh, is that just you? You run it with a friend? Uh, yeah, I run it with a, a fellow colleague of mine called Optimum. He's a producer and DJ. Um, yeah, we just had a, a new release by a Lithuanian producer. It came out last Monday. His name's Marriage Proposal. Um, in the mix, I actually played one of the songs. Um, that song's called Marble Space. So it's Clapacoma EP's out now on Hum and Buzz. Hum and Buzz. So go check out the SoundCloud for Hum and Buzz. Lots of neat stuff on there. How did you meet this this producer? He seems like a young guy. Yeah, he's. Um, I think he's in his early twenties. Um, yeah, just from him sending demos to me on my my SoundCloud or through email. That's how we kind of do it. We're we're digital. Awesome. So, do you have like a regular release schedule with Hum and Buzz, or do you just release when you feel? Yeah, totally. When we feel like it, we're we're quite DIY. We're you know we're all about freedom and creativity. So whenever we feel like it, we just want things to come out naturally. Amazing. Such an honor to have you on the radio this morning. Iconica from Hyperdub Records. Catch her tonight at the Hi-Fi Club. Anything you want to say? Any shouts? Um, yeah, shout out to Optimum at home. Um, everyone back home in London. Hyperdub crew, Night Slugs crew, my ripping crew. Yeah. Big up. All right. Keep on listening to CJSW. All morning, all night, 90.9 FM. Uh, we still have one pair of tickets to give away to tonight's show at Hi-Fi Club. Iconica, you want to check her out, call the number in the booth, 403-220-3991.
You're listening to Rave Dad's Diary on 90.9 FM CJSW. My name is Paul Brooks, and that was my conversation with Iconica, recorded in 2013 on the radio program Instant Gratification Revoked. Now we're going to listen to the other radio show I was programming at the time, What Will the Neighbors Think? This show is still going strong on 90.9 FM CJSW. Big up host and DJ Carissa Jem. UK imprint Hyperdub is my favorite record label. And in this era, I jumped at any chance to host or interview an artist on their roster or celebrate a label milestone. In this episode, Sergio SP mixes a live DJ set of Hyperdub releases and we talk about how influential the label was on our tastes. Note, this was recorded a few months after DJ Rashad's passing, and you hear us reflect on that near the end of the episode. Side note, the album artwork for DJ Rashad's release, I Don't Give a Fuck, is part of the inspiration for the Rave Dad's Diary logo created by Homesick. Sergio and I are clowning pretty hard in the booth, but I love our energy and passion in this radio show, and Sergio kills the mix. All right, here we go. FM CJSW. Good evening. You're listening to What Will the Neighbors Think every Friday night, 10 to 11 p.m. My name is Paul Brooks. I'm hanging out with Sergio Levels tonight. A very special show. We're celebrating 10 years of Hyperdub Records. And maybe it's just, I don't know. I'm trying to remember if I did a five-year anniversary show. I think I did uh, with Shannon Long, the, the creator of uh, What Will the Neighbors Think. So... Very excited to go through 10 years of Hyperdub Records with one of my best friends, Sergio Levels. Yo. Hey. Hey, Thanks Sergio. For having me here. Thank you for coming. You know, we used to live together, and we listened to a lot of Hyperdub Records. This is going to be oh, yeah. a really nostalgic trip. Um, I'm wondering, who are some of your favorite Hyperdub record album? Well, oh, like man. albums or artists? Maybe some artists that you well, like. I mean, just like influential, like Code Nine, of course. You know, you gotta like shout out to Burial. Burial. 
Yeah. Zombie shit. Like, it's so Iconica. It's so Iconica. good. It's, yeah, there's so much stuff that is just... That for all of us as a crew, we just listen to almost religiously. And now Hyperdub has come out with a, a 10-year anniversary compilation. They have all sorts of releases lined up this year. And doing a big tour, which stops in Calgary this Wednesday... Code 9 and Scratch at DVA are going to be playing in Calgary. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that later on in the show. Give away some tickets. Yes. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, I think that, you know, the listener can tell that we're really excited about this. Yes. I'm very excited. I start off the show with something from a Canadian Hyperdub Records artist. She put out an album last year called Pull My Hair Back. Jessie Lanza. I have a huge crush on her. I hope you're listening, Jesse. Unbelievable live set. Yeah, you got to see her live. I missed the show. Tell me about that. It happened at the Gateway. Yeah, it was it was crazy. Um, it, it really like struck a chord for me just seeing someone perform in that manner and then as well just like a really simple sort of setup, but so powerful. She's she's really into gear. Like what did her setup look like? Um, there's a Juno up there, Ableton setup, and a couple pedals. Like it was really kind of stripped back, but like technically and had a bunch of stuff going on in, in the computer of course but oh man it was just really well lit and really focused that was one of the biggest alright let's check this out this is Fuck Diamond from Pull My Hair Back Jesse Lanza celebrating 10 years of Hyperdub Records congratulations Hyperdub I love you
All right, we're going back five years right now. This was out on the Hybrid of five-year anniversary compilation that came out 2009, Zombie Tarantula.
this one. Mala. A beautiful tune. Level yes. 9. Also from 2009. Unbelievable tune. Yeah. Unbelievable. I remember vividly playing this Shambhala. I remember this is Shambhala as well. People were like swimming on the dance floor. Aquatic dubstep. You're listening to What Will the Neighbors Think on 90.9 FM CJSW. We're celebrating 10 years of Hyperdub Records. If you like what you're hearing, the head of Hyperdub, Code 9, is going to be in Calgary this Wednesday, playing alongside Scratch at DVA. Hyperdub's doing a really awesome world tour right now, celebrating 10 years of great music. Hi-Fi Club, this Wednesday. Giving away some tickets later on in the show, so stay tuned. I the first. See it? Special, 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 yeah, I'm from here and 
Big tune. Code 9, Space 8, Massive Music, Find My Way, Hyperdub, 10-year anniversary, Big Up.
you know I've won them out. You is weak. Y'all them people who continually close doors, not people them fierce. Y'all them people who lie, continuously lie, just flint and stay with them there. Y'all them people who ignore blatant facts in order to maintain hard and beneficial only to themselves. For all them fucking people who smile in your face, only because they want to see who they're behind you. For all them people who feel say all is fair and equal, ignorant to the facts. 90.9 FM, CJSW. You're listening to What Will the Neighbors Think every Friday night, 10 to 11 p.m. My name is Paul. Right now we're in the mix with Sergio Levels. Yo, what up? Sick. Hyperdub Records, 10-year anniversary, rinsing all Hyperdub tonight. There's such a rich catalog to choose from. You know, it ranges from Zombies, early tracks, to Burial, to Footwork Legend, DJ Rashad, R.I.P., to, uh, you know, recently, like, some stuff out of Detroit, like Kyle Hall. Yeah. What are we listening to right now? This tune is a tune by Code 9 and the Space Ape. Uh, Fuckas. Fuckas. It's a good one. Got a message to it. Code 9 is playing at the Hi-Fi Club this Wednesday. Hyperdub Records is on the road doing a 10-year anniversary tour. Catch Code 9. Legendary. Legendary. Saw him in Detroit. It was mind-blowing. Yeah, you got to actually hang out with him a little bit in Detroit, hey? Yeah, we ran into each other um, at this little after-party type event that was... Then you got moved, essentially. Amazing space, but nothing really was going, going on. But, but you got to hang out with Code 9. Got a chance to talk to Code 9. Like, that that was insane. So, um, yeah, it was quite memorable. Awesome. Time is flying by. If you're enjoying what you're listening to, definitely go check out the showcase on Wednesday. You can hit me up on Twitter. I'm tweeting all of the tracks that we're playing tonight. We'd love to hear what you think. You can also reach us in the booth, 403-220-3991. Here for another half hour, 90.9 FM, CJSW. time in life when only European will remain. All them people whose pain is my pain, there will come a time in life when only European will remain. All them people who smoke and joke then try for provoke, stand small and crucify. All them people who dance in a trance, rise in front of my stand, blind to the knowledge that the left foot fall around. All I want to stand close to the edge, trying not to lose my head.
just going out to Iconica, 2008. Oh man, this track brings back a lot of a lot of memories. So hype, and we've been very blessed to have Iconica in the studio here at CJSW. She played a a morning set uh, a few months back. So I love her. One of my favorite producers and DJs of all time. Hyperdub.
stone in between at the stage and a stone in between at the churches. All the way back to 2006. Yeah, they were making dubstep back then. <laughs> Samurai, Code 9. Put a lighter in the air. Smoke them if you got them. Huge track.
huge track. Zombie Spliff Dub. Remixed by Rusty. I think Rusty was probably 16 or 17 at the time this was published. In case you're just joining us, you're listening to What Will the Neighbors Think? Sergio Levels in the Mix. We're celebrating 10 years of hybrid up records. A huge achievement for any record label to make it that long. This, this record label is very influential on myself, and I think I'll speak on behalf of Sergio. I know it means a lot to him as well. It's really nostalgic to rinse out these tracks, but these are things that you need to be hearing. Maybe you've never heard them before. Maybe you heard them five years ago. It means something new to me now to hear this track. I remember rocking out to this so hard. Probably haven't listened to it for like five years, and it's so good. 90.9 FM. CJSW. Oh, 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 
Sexy time. That's what Bun Zero would say. I think this is the first I, I first heard this track on Bun Zero's FOB show. If you're not familiar, check it out. Great place to find new bass music. This is 2000F and J Kamada. You don't know what love is. This is like 2009 Hyperdub shit right here. We're celebrating 10 years of Hyperdub records. Sergio Levels live in the mix. Impeccable, impeccable mixing. That's uh, that's the reception that I'm getting tonight. I agree. You, you're killing it. Thank you. Uh, Sergio and I used to live together and listen to a lot of Hyperdub Records stuff. Hugely yes. influential. Huge. Uh, tell me a little bit about Hyperdub and and you, Sergio. What does it what does it mean to you? I mean, it was just it was a time. It was it was a time in our life. I guess like like you said, we lived together. I mean, there was a, a bunch of stuff just happening around that exact same um, period that was like foundational to everything. So it's just, it's always going to stick. You know? What what does it mean to you to have Hyperdub Records founder Code Nine play your club night next week? It's kind of surreal. Like I, I almost can't even. It's it's weird because back in the modern math days, I would have just like dreamt about it. You know, it would have been just like this is like most unbelievable thing, and now it's happening, and I'm like, holy. I don't even know what to think. You know, it's it's pretty awesome to have. Code 9 and Scratch a DVA are playing Hi-Fi Club this Wednesday. We're going to give away some tickets at the end of the show. They're playing alongside Northern Lights regulars. Yeah, myself and Crimson. Crown. Crown, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping. He's got a computer malfunction. So everybody out there. Pray to the computer gods. for computer virtues. <laughs> okay, cram in as many more tracks as you can. The time is 10.48. Let's keep it rolling. Hyperdub Showcase. Speed it up a bit. 10-year anniversary. Blah.
for DJ Rashad. in peace DJ Rashad way too soon if you haven't listened to the album Double Cup on Hyperdub Records it's one of my favorite pieces of music to come out in the last couple years check it out Sergio Levels in the mix Hyperdub 10 year anniversary what We got bars in this bitch. Bars in this bitch. Bars in this bitch. 
day of my life. Every 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 day of my life. FM CJSW. What will the neighbors think is coming to a close? Personally, this goes down as one of my favorite shows ever. A huge thank you to Sergio Levels for coming in. That was fun. Rinsing a really good selection of Hyperdub Records material. Finishing with a beautiful montage of DJ Rashad. Brought a tear to my eye. Yeah. Rest in peace, man. That guy was a legend. Was a legend. Like, his... It's it's hard to believe that he's not going to be making music anymore. Like this this stuff is so epic. It's it's tough. It's tough to think about. Yeah. But but his his influence lives on and he's uh you know, he's totally created this this movement of of music and the culture is really strong and uh I'm really excited to see where it goes. Yes. So long live juke, footwork, whatever you want to call it. It's great. Hyperdub Records celebrating 10 years Come to Hi-Fi Club next Friday. Hyperdub Records founder Code 9 is going to be in the house playing alongside Sergio Levels, Crimson, Crown, and uh, another special guest, Scratch a DVA. If you want to win some tickets to go check out that show, call us in the booth right now, 403-220-3991. We'd love to hear from you. Going to give away a couple of guest list spots, so call us now, 403-220-3991. Going to end off with... Some burial. All right, good night. Good night. And yeah, thank you so much, Sergio. That was that was sick. Yes. Until next time.
Listening to Rave Dad's Diary, broadcasting out of the University of Calgary on Treaty 7 land. My name is Paul Brooks, and we just heard an episode of What Will the Neighbors Think, recorded in 2014, featuring a Hyperdub Records 10 year anniversary set by Sergio SP. Episode 7 is coming to a close. This show is written, produced, and hosted by Paul Brooks. Theme music is Orchestral Lab by Guido on Punch Drunk Records. The Rave Dad's Diary logo is by Homesick. I'm excited about next week's episode. I've recorded an interview with Shambhala Music Festival founder, Jimmy Bunchu. We'll talk about the origins and future of this one-of-a-kind electronic music event. Stay safe, and we'll talk again next week.
Have you ever wondered how CJSW works? If the answer is yes, you'll be glad to know it's through dedicated volunteer support. CJSW volunteers help out at events around town and around the CJSW office in various ways. If you're interested in lending a hand, visit cjsw.com volunteer to learn more. As the Secretary General of the United Nations, an organization of 147 member states who represent almost all of the human inhabitants of the planet Earth, I send greetings on behalf of the people of our planet. We step out of our solar system into the universe 